Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, down in Bondo Beach, Sunday. Ah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day in terms of sunshine, warmth. I uh, set the alarm this morning to go for my Sunday bike ride. Uh, I woke up, looked at the temperature gauge, and it was uh, real feel, three degrees centigrade. I don't have clothes for it. There's nothing wrong with riding a bike in three degrees centigrade long as you have clothes for it. I don't have the gloves, the hood, the bonnet, the, the necklace, the scarf. The, uh, I could put about 40 layers on, but still I'd be frozen to death. So I'm doing a turbo later on. So I just simply enjoyed a beautiful morning waiting for the sun to peak over the, the top of the hills to, to go from the, my, my daily beach walk and dip. Yesterday I did a great afternoon swim across the Bondi uh, Bay. It was just superb, really flat. Uh, in the water was warm. I've got to confess that when I got out, the wind from the south was, or from the west was, uh, well, it was cold enough to have me hiding my hands from the wind so they didn't get frozen. So it's beautiful. And yeah, clothing is the only difference between weather. So I wouldn't care if it was raining, I'd just wear a raincoat. Uh, today I want to talk about something that's pretty cool. And the word is, uh, what I want to talk about today, is the word guilt. So think about this. Guilt blocks memory. Hmm. Guilt blocks memory. Now, there's some things we can't remember. We can't remember pain. Wow, that's a really, really weird association, isn't it? That guilt and pain should have any association in the human consciousness. And it just goes to show that maybe when we use the word guilt, we don't fully understand the extent of it. We've got, let's say, like the word tax or the word success or champion or whatever, we've got a preconceived definition of what it should and would look like. Like if I say to somebody the word success, they see themselves as healthy, happy, married, uh, wealthy, uh, uh, acknowledged, mentally on top of the world, grateful, going to church every Sunday or whatever they do, well, they see themselves. So the word starts to develop a packaging, a brown, I call it a brown paper bag. And it's the same as you use the word alcoholic. Inside a brown paper bag of the word alcoholic is are words like anger, violence, sadness, death, illness, fat, overweight, obesity, uh, ignorance, uh, uh, abuse. This is, you know, we, 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 we put in that brown paper bag, a convenient package of behaviors uh, that we can say, I'm not an alcoholic. And it's true, in that brown paper bag are words that we have collected together to say, I don't ever do all that. But if we open the brown paper bag and start working out all the words like distracted, not present, abusive, rude, we'll find 
moments in time over the course of our life where somebody will confess, will observe that we are all those things. And so we can say, I'm not an alcoholic, but I am all the things inside the paper bag. And therefore, my judgment of people relies on me packaging things in a way that can't be un unbundled. Success is one, uh, because again, uh, it comes bundled in a brown paper bag with all the things that we associate with success. As I said, uh, health, happiness, love, uh, joy, um, relaxation, longevity. We, we put all those words in, but then when we start working on success, we forget all the words and focus on the one thing that we think will cause it, which is money or promotion at work or winning an event or whatever it is. So unbundling <coughs> is a really important human skill. If you're looking for holistic and complete fulfillment of your life proposition, your trajectory into the future is dependent on your ability to unbundle. You might think marriage. There's a word that you've bundled, but a marriage means collaboration, uh, uh, res resolution. It means to some degree peacefulness. It means sexy. It could mean sexy, it could mean companionship, friendship, and yet it never does. It's the bundling that's the problem because that creates an expectation that may not, may or may not be realistic for the person you've chosen or the person who's chosen you to be in relationship with. We often put success inside the bundle of marriage and say, inside the brown paper bag, I'm going to bundle in there. I'm going to throw in another piece of uh, food into the cook pot. I'm going to throw a chili in there and say, my business success is dependent on my personal family life success. To a certain extent, that can be true. But to a greater extent, it, it isn't. Your ability to reconcile uh, challenge and pain and discomfort at home is more a variable. So in other words, cons your consciousness is something that could go in <coughs> hand in hand with your success. But to throw your marriage in there as well is bundling. Because the marriage is a bundle, success becomes a bundle, now two paper bags inside two paper bags, which is what you get at Woolworths, is probably not the most efficient use of resources. So we get to the word guilt. And I think guilt has become bundled, a brown paper bag. We put in to that brown paper bag dark feelings of remorse, of regret, of dissonance between what we do and what we think. We put into it guilt. We put into it how other people feel about how we, what we do. We put into it good and bad, right and wrong, righteousness. We put in the word guilt uh, expectation of compliance with a social norm. We put into the word guilt the distance between what we thought we were going to achieve and what we have achieved. 
It's interesting because, as you know from the podcast a couple of days ago, uh, my ex-partner Virginia will be buried next week. And as I've been talking to people about lately one-on-one, it's interesting, interesting to me what they will bury her with. Firstly, she lived five lives in one, so they will not be burying her with her spirit. That will is alive and functioning. She didn't go to safety. She didn't avoid uh, life. She uh, went bankrupt five times. She built six of the most amazing businesses in the world. She transformed companies and she fell down and jumped up and fell down and jumped up and she was she had the most incredible ability to get over what most people would be guilty about which is loss of money if they her son uh, that she brought up on her own uh, she she put him through private school and begged stole and borrowed the money to do it it, it, it she had there was uh, not like she was walking around guilty about things that most people would be guilty about so they didn't bury her with her spirit, her spirit's alive. But if we hold on to those words guilt, we end up being buried with potential. And I would be really sad if my beautiful partner, Virginia, the most inspiring human being I ever met in my life, was buried with a billion dollars in the bank. Uh, and therefore, uh, what would, we would call the earmarks of success. And yet, uh, buried without fulfilling her spirit, fulfilling her joy in life. So, and it wasn't all beer and Skittles. I, I held Virginia deeply in my arms while she cried about uh, people lying and cheating and deceiving her and business best friends. But the next day she woke up like a beautiful uh, dog uh, 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 that just forgives its owner and just forgets. She never held a grudge. She just treated people at face value and just marched on. Her best friends stole money from her, but they would—they will be the best friends at her funeral too. She, she is, she, she's the earmark of a person who lived without guilt. Um, it's too easy to package up this word guilt and make it uh, say, I don't want to live with guilt, I don't want to be guilty. And then say, but I do want to do what other people want me to do. I do want to do what other people think is right. I do want to do what's socially correct. I do want to do what my partner wants, that makes my partner happy. I do want to do what makes everybody accept me for who I am. No. I think this guilt word embodies such uh, dysfunction. We know... uh, that Virginia passed with liver cancer. We know that that's uh, another word for anger. And yes, there, uh, and knowing her as I did, uh, I, I can vouch for the fact that uh, some of her disappointments and some of her uh, losses in life may have triggered uh, a degree of anger and that she really was too kind and too generous to, to vent. She took to her grave uh, some secrets about people in her family that uh, the people in her uh, people whose secrets she took will be forever grateful for she didn't broadcast things that uh, she told me about that uh, uh, other people were afraid that she would 
uh, express. She never did. She, she had the opportunity. She was interviewed on television and radio quite a lot. So we get back to the word guilt. Guilt blocks memory. And therefore, guilt inhibits us. Inhibits us from fulfilling our potential. How? Well, guilt, if it blocks memory, it blocks the resource that we bring with us from the past into the future. It blocks us from carrying all the experiences, all the, all the gifts, all the uh, events, all the things that have been uh, what I would call unfinished business that remain uh, uh, available to us to say, well, I learned from that and I did this and I learned from that and I did this and I learned from that and I did this. And guilt blocks memory. So if guilt blocks memory, it blocks us from bringing forward the memory the learnings is not only the events, but it blocks the learnings that we could bring forward and say, I have wisdom. I have experiential wisdom that I bring forward with me. So a lot of people who want to be in the need-want area of life, the more uh, self-actualized uh, area of life, try to block out the past and say, it's, I'm over with it. I've let, I've let it go. I've moved on. And you never do. You bring the past with you if there's no guilt. Now, guilt and pain are associated. Guilt and suffering, therefore, are associated. So if we have a perception of experiencing any pain in the past, emotional, mental, financial, spiritual pain in the past, if we have any memory of a pain without a pleasure, in other words, an imbalanced experience, we are blocking memory. And Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and a lot of the mental health diseases to which we have currently no cure can be directly tra tracked back into the word guilt. The funny thing about uh, 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 life is that these things get brought to the table for us quite frequently, our guilts. Our partner might say, oh, you didn't do this and you didn't do that. What they're relying on is you being guilty in order to cause you to behave in a certain way. We might uh, be at work and go, oh, I didn't work today. Am I guilty about that? Well, if you are, it will mirror out. Remember what goes on inside goes on outside and people will say, you didn't work today and you'll get blamed and you'll say, how, uh, how dare you? And become defiant and become defensive, uh, which is uh, nature's shortcut to early death. The word guilt really does, uh, needs to resonate in your brain and say, am I guilty? Am I operating to please people because I'm guilty about being me? Am I operating to please people because I think that my happiness is their suffering? My fulfillment of my potential is their suffering? Is, are they suffering from my happiness? And if the answer is yes, bad luck to them. We have to get to a place of immunity. Now, I, I'm, I mean to track this for the month of July, track everything I do back to the word immunity. And so I would say, and I'm going to make a big claim here, guilt is the greatest toxin to the immune system of the human body there is on earth. Guilt is uh, a, a, not an antidote to fear. Guilt is not a motivational technique. Guilt is something that we must, that drives us back into unfinished business and reveals to us that we're still trying to uh, please mummy or please daddy or please somebody in order to be ourselves. Now, yes, there are moral codes. We might say to somebody, I'm not going to fuck around. I'm not going to have affairs. I'm not going to cheat on you. And then we do cheat on them. And then we can either carry guilt about it or r reconcile it in our own mind that the promise was ill-made. Well, this is a really tricky piece of uh, 
human uh, psychology because the moral and ethical aspect of all this, which is the shoulds of life, will make sure that we embed uh, a sense of what we thought we were going to do, what we promised to do and what we do do, embed it in our psyche so that we are forced in some way or another to address our own moral compass and how we affect other people in our promises and our hopes and dreams and whatever. So this is a really important aspect of life to deal with our guilt because if we don't deal with our guilt, we behave to the complicity of other people's uh, complicity, which is really to make us guilty about not being true and authentic. And I'm not saying to have affairs on people or be a liar or a cheat. What I'm saying is that the guilt that that may bring up might kill us because we are, we are more motivated by being not guilty. We're more motivated by not being caught being guilty. We're more motivated by that than we are from being authentic. And this is where we get stuck in a should. We're in shoulds all day. You should do this and you shouldn't do this and you should do this and you shouldn't do that. And yet we ask to be successful, which re requires, with, without any shadow of doubt, requires need, want, choose to level of, and, 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 and at a greater space, a love to level of operation. As I said, go back to Virginia, she died, uh, she passed. Uh, Virginia uh, uh, lived in a, a, an amazing need to, want to world, and she was un, un, uninhibited in a way by the shoulds and shouldn'ts. Um, although she conformed with the majority of them. So it's interesting to see how we can get stuck. And it, the most, most revelationary place where we get stuck is in relation to a partner making them happy uh, at, uh, or let's say doing what we love and following our dream and doing what, is, what we're put on earth to do. And then we say, we package into that the compliance and making somebody else happy in a relationship this becomes twisted and the guilt that it causes is, uh, is it attacks our immune system and breaks us down. What should I do? What shouldn't I do? What should make them happy? What should make me happy? What shouldn't, shouldn't I do? Resolving this, being clear, understanding the two sides to everything. Understand that you can't make someone happy without making them sad. You can't make someone strong without making them weak. You can't give someone support without challenging them. You can't. And if you finally come to this realization, you'll stop trying. And you realize that uh, the, the Walker's Law of, of you can please people and piss yourself off or please yourself and piss others off is absolutely the simplistic, most simplistic way of dealing with the word guilt. But we read about books and we say, I'm not going to drink anymore or I'm going to, not going to be uh, this anymore. I'm not going to do that. We, we make promises that we can't keep because we make them in a time of elation. We make them in the time of depression. When we say, I'm depressed, alcohol is causing it, I promise I'll never do this again until tomorrow. When the depression goes away and the promise evaporates because there's, it was, the promise was made under the auspices of the word guilt or lack of uh, follow-up on our own expectation. I think this word guilt uh, is, can only deal with the past. We're only guilty of the past. We can't be guilty about the future. It hasn't happened yet. We can have fear of the future because it hasn't happened and we can fear it. So this is really important stuff because ultimately in the, um, the biometrics of the uh, inner wealth emotional pyramid, the two corners at the bottom of the pyramid are, 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 are fear and guilt.
they are the only two real emotions. Everything else springs out of that. If you're dealing with those two emotions, you're dealing with cause and effect. If you're dealing with anything else, anger, disappointment, sadness, frustration, depression, you're dealing with the effect. Fear and guilt are the only two emotions. They are the two extremes of the bottom of the pyramid. And of course, as you go up the pyramid, fear and guilt become less and less as a motivational force. Less and less, but they're still there. And they may be disguised in other words, like uncertainty and confusion and doubt and, and lack of discipline and addiction. And as you go up the pyramid into the should, you, 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 the, the, the word guilt and fear might have take on different shapes, but really underneath them, inside of them, down at the root cause of them are fear and guilt. Guilt about success. Uh, uh, when the parents are struggling and the parents are, have spent uh, their life telling you how hard they've worked for your success and you start to be successful, there's some sense of guilt that you're not giving, paying them back at some level at the level at which they've invested. But that's just rubbish because they got pleasure and pain from their investment and they're just expressing the pain. Making these things transparent means you get peace. And peace is the single most important thing for sleep. And sleep is one of the most important things for your immune system. So it all tracks back. So if you're struggling to understand this or if you're struggling with guilt in your life, if you're operating to someone else's drum, if someone else beats the drum and says, you're a bad person if you don't do this, you're a good person if you do do that, then you're dealing with guilt. And I would strongly recommend in your coaching session you address that topic. This is Chris. You have a beautiful day. Going for an ocean swim now. Bye for now.